What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Planet Today. Today is Monday, May 9th, 2022. I'm your host, Matt Norton, here once again with producer and co-host Nick Janusa. Nick, what's going on, man? Matt, not too much. I am doing pretty well. I am looking forward to this wonderful week of weather that we are about to have. It is May. Allergy season is here, but it's not here to stay, Matt. We're going to get through it. So, Speaking of that, I have great news. Kaylee and I got an air purifier and we're about a weekend and my apartment, knock on wood, is a safe haven. <laughs> my eyes don't itch anymore. Really? It's, it's good. Yeah, it's working. It's working really well so far and I hope that that is here to stay. Dude, I, I, you know what's so funny? I was like, I was scrolling through Twitter. I forgot to like even talk to you about this, but I was scrolling through Twitter the other day and I was like, who is this person? You saw my and post? And I was like... <laughs> Oh my God, it's Matt after a severe allergy attack. Yeah, we're uh, five years <laughs> and a few weeks removed from my eye getting insanely swollen. So go check it out on Twitter, at Matt Norton, <laughs> uh, iconic photo. Also, happy belated Mother's Day to both of our moms and all the moms who are listening right now. Yes, happy Mother's Day, Mom. All right, let's get into the show. Planet Today, where we cover the latest in climate change, wildlife conservation, renewable energy, and environmental policy with two episodes every week coming your way Monday and Friday. Yes, and don't forget to rate on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please do it. We love it. We appreciate it. And we love you for it. Those five stars make you our shining stars. And (laughs) review the show on Apple Podcasts if you have a minute to, you know, flex those fingers a little bit. All right, today's agenda. We're going to talk about the news that California is investigating big oil for their role in promoting plastic being recyclable, what plastics have to do with big oil anyway, and then we're going to talk about recycling in general a little bit to close out the show. Yeah, so let's get into it. So NPR's Laura Sullivan reported on April 28th that California's Attorney General Rob Bonta has opened an investigation into the roles that the largest oil and gas companies in the United States played in promoting the idea that plastics could be recycled. By promoting that idea that plastics were easily recycled, big oil may have manipulated the public into buying more plastics. A.G. Bonta's investigation describes the campaign as half a century of deception. In other words, they perpetuated a lie that recycling could solve the plastics issue, which also benefited them financially. So far, ExxonMobil has been subpoenaed for information and supporting documents, which is significant because you might remember ExxonMobil as the company that knew about climate change in 1977, but hid that information from the public. Yep. And an investigation done by the PBS series Frontline in 2020 uncovered documents showing top officials in the oil and gas industry knew that recycling plastic was unlikely to work. They followed up those documents by spending tens of millions of dollars telling the public the complete opposite. This dates back to the 1980s, too, where the industry launched advertisements, nonprofits, and campaigns to say how great recycling plastic is. 
It also placed responsibility on consumers to recycle instead of placing responsibility on producers to create less plastic or to use materials that are easier to recycle. Exactly. And the documents we're talking about here describe recycling plastic as infeasible and said there was serious doubt that recycling plastic can ever be made economically viable. Yeah, it's, you know, it's unsurprising at this point that stuff like this sort of keeps happening where, hey, it's going to impact our bottom line. It's going to make us a lot more money if we can encourage people to buy more plastics and get more of a reliance on our products. So how do we go about doing this and making people want to buy those products? And in this case, it looked like it was advertisements, campaigns, nonprofits, basically everything to put it in the public view that plastics are recyclable, when in reality, it's kind of tough to recycle plastics. It's 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 so true that like it, the burden was put on the consumer like, oh, you're not doing a good enough job. It's you know, it's the people's fault that we're not getting enough recycled plastic. And, you know, so much is ending up in our oceans and all that. And yes, maybe that's part of it. But ultimately it is plastic is not easy to recycle. It is not easy to create mm-hmm. plastic out of plastic again, because it's an episode we did. Uh, I don't even know two months ago, three months ago at this point where we talked about how if there's literally like food residue on on your plastic it's not going to be it's not going to be reused mm-hmm. it's not going to be used at all so there's many things that don't allow plastics to be reused and uh, ultimately it does come down to the companies taking the responsibility to produce less plastic yeah and i do think that you know we share some responsibility here as consumers because at the end of the day we can make the decision to buy other materials. Right. That being said, we're only able to do that with what's available. So yeah, if aluminum cans were as readily available, you know, to get one single can of soda instead of the plastic bottles that you see in every single deli bodega gas station, Mm. yeah, maybe some more people would get those. But the fact of the matter is plastic is so prevalent in everything that of course people are going to buy it because that's the number one option that we see. Yeah. And if you feel misled, that's because many of us were. And there's a reason we always say here on the show that the number one priority needs to be reducing the amount of plastic we produce and consume. And that whole reduce, reuse, recycle jingle, it's kind of BS that recycling is the one that everyone kind of harps on because like Nick said, reducing is really got to be the number one. 100%. And we should add that ExxonMobil rejects the allegations made by the AGI and said that it is the first company to use what is called an advanced recycling technology to recycle used plastic. Yeah. And to me, that kind of sounds like smoking light cigarettes. Like, (laughs) don't worry, we're just damaging the planet a moderate amount instead of how much we really could. You understand, right? Like, no, no, I don't. Instead of advanced recycling technology, how about start producing other materials that are easier to recycle? Anyway, some industry officials have told NPR in the past that the industry has never misled the public and believes it can make plastic recycling work. When followed up, hey, how are you going to go about doing this? They could not say how they'd be able to do it. (laughs) It's just so funny to me. And in 40 years, no more than 10% of all plastic has ever been recycled. 40 years, 10% of all plastic. And it's important to note that this is still an investigation. So the big oil and gas industry might not have 
been purposely misleading the public, but they were still misleading us nonetheless, despite their intentions. Yeah, and the investigation hopes to uncover whether or not there is still an attempt to mislead the public about plastic recycling. Um, in 2019, the industry launched its Alliance to End Plastic Waste Effort with a price tag of $1.5 billion to create exciting ads and demonstration projects to promote plastic recycling and garbage cleanup. A far more effective approach would be to promote using less plastic. I couldn't think of a better way to just waste $1.5 billion. You know, I do think that garbage cleanup is a, a worthwhile cause, but plastic recycling, like people get it at this point. We know we're supposed to. It's The issue is that it doesn't really work that well. Yeah. So some people might be sitting here wondering what exactly the oil industry has to do with plastic. And we're going to give you either a refresher or maybe some new information to all the people out there listening. Yeah. So first- Petroleum, crude oil, and natural gas are refined into petrochemicals. Ethane and propane, for example, are put into high-temperature furnaces to crack them into ethylene and propylene. Yeah, and then next, a catalyst is added to the reactor, and that creates a powdered polymer that looks like laundry detergent. It's called fluff, and the fluff is then put into a blender with some additives before being melted together and then eventually cooled and cut into small pellets. From there, the pellets can be turned into plastic products. We talked about plastics being Big Oil's Plan B in March after the Global Plastic Summit, and here are a few stats from that summit. By 2050, the plastics industry could account for 20% of all oil consumption, according to the UN Environment Program. On this trajectory, ocean plastic pollution will quadruple by 2050. Some marine species will become extinct, and many sensitive ecosystems like coral reefs and mangrove swamps will be irreparably damaged, according to an analysis of more than 2,000 scientific studies published by WWF last month. The petrochemicals industry, which is forecast to double production of virgin plastic resin by 2040, says better recycling and trash collection is the answer. So the issue with that is that new plastic is cheap and plentiful because the oil industry keeps pumping out more of it. And it's not that recycling doesn't help. You know, don't have the takeaway from this episode be every time I drink a soda bottle, I should just throw it out because it's not making a difference. Like it is. Yeah. It's just that the rate of production greatly outpaces the rate of recycling, which we mentioned is less than 10% of plastic that's consumed. Yeah. And like, like you just said before, the reduce, reuse, recycle thing, it's it's less about the recycling. And while it does help, like you just said, yes, keep doing it. It's more about the reducing and, you know, reusing or not buying originally in the, in the first place, which is hard to do right now yeah. as a consumer. Because when you go in the grocery store, what's everything in? Pretty much plastic or paper packaging. Like you're just... You're gonna you're gonna have to buy plastics. It's it's more on the industry itself to to change how much they produce it. Yeah, and you know it's easy to harp on plastic bottles because that's the most you know visible example. But what about when you go and get a pack of chicken breasts or whatever? It has that plastic film over top of it. Yeah, you know there are things that we need to figure out what the answer is and change the system rather than just saying, yeah, this is all working. Let's keep recycling and we should be recycling. But, you know, instead of looking at it as that classic triangle logo where all the arrows are equally 
feeding into each other. <laughs> yeah. We got to think of it as more of a pyramid where the base and the most important part is going to be reducing. Then that middle tier is going to be reusing. And then the very top, the smallest amount is, hey, if you've reduced and reused and you're finally ready to get rid of this thing, recycle it. Yep. Agreed. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, let's just talk about some recycling in general. Planet Today is brought to you by Vala Alta. Vala Alta's everyday handkerchief is a high-performance daily-use handkerchief designed to help minimize your impact. Made in the United States from sustainably sourced Irish linen, capturing the material's historic craftsmanship and natural antimicrobial properties, handkerchiefs perfectly balance softness with durability and absorbency with rapid drying. Ideal for functional use in all settings, from the outdoors to routine encounters, their small and lightweight design makes one a must-carry for wherever life takes you. Build your own bundles from limited edition colors at valaalta.co and save 15% with code TPT at checkout. That's V-A-L-A-A-L-T-A dot co and code TPT. the planet today folks we are now going to get into a talk about recycling in general so first some more about plastics and then we'll get into aluminum and glass so first up the different types of plastic because who among us hasn't looked at the bottom of a bottle of iced tea seen the little number inside the recycling triangle and gone huh and then just put it in our like one big bin that we throw all of our (laughs) recycling in so which plastics are the most recyclable An article from MSN in your show notes breaks them down pretty well. Coming in at number one is PET plastic or polyethylene terephthalate, which is the number one inside the recycling logo. Something that I really, really appreciated about this article is that it doesn't call PET plastic the most recyclable. It calls it the least, least recyclable material. (laughs) Yeah, so they do that because only 30% of PET plastic is, is recycled. And keep in mind, this is the best of these. Yeah. (laughs) It's the plastic found in water bottles, soda, containers for mouthwash, peanut butters, and others. Yeah. And, you know, those are the things that, look, I mean, I'm well on the record as I don't use single-use plastic water bottles because I have a reusable bottle, but I buy mouthwash, I buy peanut butter. Yep. So, you know, there are things that I, I admittedly can and will start to do a better job of looking into this because, you know, I know that there's sustainable mouthwashes where you can just get little tablets sent and then you just dilute it in water. That's far more environmentally friendly than recycling that empty mouthwash bottle whenever I run out. Peanut butter is a tough one. I love peanut butter in my smoothies. I like a good PBJ. (laughs) So if you have any sustainable packaged peanut butters out there, slide into our DMs. Let us know. We'll give you a shout out as a thank you. I have one. And Dan is going to love me for this because he is a huge advocate of it. Smucker's natural peanut butter is in a glass jar. Is it? Yes, I believe so. 
Okay. I believe so. I want to make sure on that. Let me check that. We're going to get a live check. What about the cap? Uh, I can't say for sure, man. I can't say for sure on that. Yeah, that thing's in a glass jar. That thing is in a glass jar. All right. I might have to venture over next time I run out of Trader Joe's peanut butter to uh, the expensive grocery store across the street and grab some, some <laughs> Smucker's Natural. There you go. All right. Number two in the least, least recyclable plastics is, once again, the number two inside the logo, which is HDPE plastic. That's used for milk jugs, shampoo bottles, plastic cutting boards, stuff like that. Thinner versions of HDPE can be used to make plastic grocery bags, which can only be recycled at specialty drop-off locations. The article goes over a few more, but we want to skip ahead to the worst of the worst. Polystyrene, a.k.a. plastic, number six. You might know this one by its brand name, which is Styrofoam. It is pretty much not recycled anywhere, is everywhere, gets everywhere, it's basically useless after one use, and it hurts wildlife. Luckily, it will only take thousands of years to break down, so, hey, Styrofoam is here to stay, baby. <laughs> Dude, Styrofoam sucks. It it's not good for dogs. I just got a dog and we like unpackaged like this thing. I can't even remember what it was, some like table or something. And we unpackaged the, the table and it had a bunch of styrofoam in it. And we had to like go on our hands and knees and just like slowly pick it up off the floor, like every little piece to make sure she couldn't get it. And it's just, it's such a, I'm going to say it's an outdated plastic. Mm -hmm. It needs to get, it needs to just be gone. It needs to be, let's figure something else out. Let's maybe get those, um, just do like the classic air, like the the puffed air. Yeah, but even the puffed air comes in a plastic container. Ah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like w what we're talking about, ah. yes, that makes sense. And and what you're saying is, hey, let's go from the worst of the worst to something better. But I think what we both want to see here is instead of something better, let's go to something good, right? Like maybe there's a way to have some sort of entirely plant-based biodegradable packing substance that you throw in those cardboard boxes when you're ordering something. Yeah. It protects all of your stuff. And then, you know, you can throw it out and it biodegrades in five years or whatever it is, or as soon as the, the worms get to it and break it down. Like the, I'm sure there's something out there. And admittedly, we didn't do a deep dive into biodegradable packaging for this episode. This was mostly about plastics, but you know, that's the sort of stuff that I want to see more of. Yeah, definitely agreed. So part of the reason recycling plastic is so ineffective is because it's energy intensive and it's expensive. And as you can tell from what we've been talking about, it's hard to keep up with what kind of plastics get recycled where and how to do it. And honestly, that's just why we need to reduce how much plastic is produced. Yeah. And before we get into glass and aluminum, let's just talk about paper super quickly. So remember that paper comes from trees. So decomposing paper in landfills creates carbon emissions, specifically in the form of methane. Yes, so recycle paper when you're done with it. What Nick just said is actually one of the leading causes of methane emissions. So a couple quick things. Switch to paperless billing. Go for electronic receipts when you're at the grocery store or whatever. And make sure you're recycling that paper. Because when we throw it out and it gets into the landfills, all it's going to do is break down and release methane into the air. So now moving on to two materials that are far better than plastics when it comes to recycling, glass and aluminum. Glass can be recycled without lowering its quality or integrity. It's as good as new once recycled and can in theory go on forever as it's recycled over and over again. 
where plastic bottles can't really be recycled into new bottles, glass bottles can. Glass is also recycled at a much higher rate than plastic. We mentioned how less than 10% of plastic is recycled, but 80% of glass is recycled. There are some downsides to glass created mostly by transportation. So a glass bottle is about 40 times heavier than a plastic bottle, which means a truck shipping glass bottles will require more fuel to do that. Um, The caveat here is that with more electric trucks and more renewable energy being deployed daily, that issue looks like it'll become less of a big deal in the future. Yeah, so glass is also made from sand and limestone, which are readily available materials. So new glass doesn't harm the planet as much as new plastic, and less new glass is required to create a glass product because of the rate at which it's recycled, 80%, like Matt just mentioned. And one more thing to add, glass isn't harmful to humans or the environment. It's non-toxic, so it won't ruin our food or our water supplies, but it is worth noting that, on the other hand, when glass is broken, it can take up to a million years to decompose, but once it decomposes, it's going to turn back into sand. Glass production requires twice as much sand than is being produced naturally by our rivers every year. So look, Nick mentioned how they are readily available, but it's not like the resources are infinite. That being said, it's much easier to recycle glass. So even though, you know, we're consuming a lot more glass than the rivers can help us create, we can still recycle that and keep basically the same amount of glass in production over and over and over again, especially if we can get that 80% up to 100. Yeah, and the answer here is still to use less new products, you know? Like, just because it's recyclable doesn't mean we shouldn't reduce production and consumption first. Exactly, and that goes for aluminum, too. So, like glass, aluminum comes from an abundant resource, and this one is called bauxite. Producing new aluminum is highly energy-intensive and creates significant carbon emissions. That being said, some reports say that over half of all aluminum production is powered by hydroelectricity, which is one of the cleaner forms of energy. Also, aluminum is very easy to recycle. Using recycled aluminum cans uses 5% of the energy and creates 5% of the carbon emissions compared to creating new aluminum. When we say it's easy to recycle, 75% of the aluminum ever produced is still in production today. What a statistic. <laughs> I don't even imagine having that kind of longevity where something that you produce can be used over and over and over and over again to the point that three quarters of all of it that's ever been made is still being used. Yeah, it's really promising that, you know, I I get it that creating new aluminum is going to be energy intensive and it's going to be expensive. But at the same time, it seems like we don't have to really produce all that much new aluminum all the time. Yeah, exactly. If you can continue to just recycle it at this rate or even higher rates, like you just said, it's going to be so much more cost effective in the future and miles better option than, than plastic. And the issue, like we talked about earlier, is that it's easier and cheaper to produce new plastics than it is to recycle plastics. But with something like aluminum, where the downside is that it's energy intensive to create new aluminum, as renewable energy gets cheaper, there's going to be less of an environmental impact on new aluminum that's created. Oh, and also 
we're not creating that much because we're recycling 75% of it already. Like this is exactly, this is a really, really significant difference compared to plastic where 10% is recycled and the rest is energy intensive to create. And every time it breaks down, it's going to harm the atmosphere Yeah, or get into the oceans. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no good part of plastic breaking down here. Yeah. hundred percent glass and aluminum are the future. So Look, the easiest way for us as a society to lower emissions in anything is going to be to reduce production of materials, reuse what we do consume, and recycle what we can. And then from there, it's obviously important to buy materials that are easier to recycle if you can, like glass and aluminum, like we mentioned. All right, that'll do it for today's episode of TPT. Nick and I are going to be back on Friday for some quick hits. Yes, so make sure to follow our socials at Planet Today Pod for more TPT if you're interested. And even if you're not, go give us a follow, comment <laughs> on all of our TikTok videos so we get more engagement on the For You page. And uh, yeah, thank you for your service. For the Planet Today, I'm Matt Norton. And I'm Nick Janusa. See you on Friday. Peace.